It's May 11th, 2018. This is I Like People, Episode 3. Let's talk about community, culture, music, and saving the world. My name is Maxime, and I like people. So much so that I'm compelled to discover if seven questions are enough to save humanity from doom by global ecological catastrophe and our own artificial intelligence programs, which deem us unworthy of life. Let's rediscover human communities and connections and see if our humanity can actually play a role in saving ourselves instead of bringing about our doom. My backup plan is to inject the internet with human-created music and explain how it makes me feel. Now we'll hear from Mark. Please bear in mind that due to Mark's preference for a natural setting, I was not able to use my own electronic equipment, and we used his voice recorder to ask our seven questions to save humanity. Mark and I talked for a long time, so after we have listened to his responses and his main points, we'll just stop it right there and listen to some more music. What's your name? My name's Mark Stewart. Are you human? Of course I'm human. How might you describe yourself? Like I said before, that's a long story. To shorten it, I uh, came to Wind Spirit Community in 2009. Uh, obviously, you know what the date is today. Oh yeah, today it's um, May... 7th, 2018. I didn't know that. Isn't that nice? I don't know what day it <laughs> you is. You don't have to know that. I'm such a happy guy. And uh, I have evolved. Uh, the community itself it turned me from one person to another. It evolved me. I came here like most people. You know, I sat around, watched football, drank beer, smoked cigarettes, didn't do much of nothing, got fat, 150 pounds. Uh, I came to Wind Spirit, tried vegan couldn't do that had to have some meat and after years I figured two days of meat a week is plenty you know a nice steak one day a couple of hamburgers four days later whatever and uh, then I came back started getting healthy working here for eight years loving every minute of it who am I now I'm on a new trip I've been here for eight years I've never been on a vacation I'm starting a um, 
a new reality. I'm creating a new reality because I have to take all this knowledge that I learned here at Windspirit for the last eight years and spread it out to the people that are me, <laughs> which I'm going to my family, my brother, his ex-wife, his son, his daughter, and how many grandkids he's got. And I'm gonna teach them that living in a community is the only way to do it. Anything else, you're wasting time. That leads right into my next question, which is, what does community mean to you? I probably just answered most of that, I think. Um, However, I mean, if you think that's not the right question, I'm basically trying to come up with seven questions oh, to save humanity. So if you want to change the question... Oh, one sec. Ah, can't find it. I'm trying an experiment. I write on a whiteboard questions that I want to, or things I want to remember. Yeah. And then I close my eyes and I can see the board now, but not clear enough. And so I have to teach myself, I have a terrible memory. Oh. Got to find a way to solve it. Don't want to use mechanics, don't want to use electronics, don't want to use nothing. Right. Use your mind. So I'm creating a notepad in my head. It eventually it'll work and it already did once today actually. But that one didn't stick. It was a good question for a first question. What? What is the first, more, most important thing I would say that would make a successful, happy, content com community? Oh my gosh, that would be a great question. What, what, how would you answer it? That's what I was just thinking. And let me try it again because I got the question there. What would be the, the most important, the first? Everybody must adhere to this one thing or the community will fail I guarantee it but I haven't got the answer mm. I've narrowed it down to a lot uh, well maybe we can use that instead uh, of what does community mean to you sometime oh what well, yeah because what community meant to me is what I meant it, it evolved me to the point in my life now where my new rally starts taking all the information I learned here that's what I that's what the community has done for me it has taken me from uh, uh, an outsider like most people and evolved me into who I am now who wants to go out and tell people that's that answers which question <laughs> yeah that's great well that's the first four Wow um, so here's another one that I'm trying to phrase right, and maybe you could help, but it goes something like this. What ways, if any, should we I interact with the Earth responsibly? In what ways? Yes, or how should we interact with the Earth? That boils down to the same really thing. Everything... You've heard my philosophy, I believe you have to start with one thing and make that one thing infutable. Is that a word? Infutable? Makes sense to me. All right, infutable. And everybody must adhere to that to have a successful community. I can explain that by saying two people come to a community, both lovely people, work hard, do a lot of things, very nice people. All of a sudden, one gets drunk one night and it turns into this 
well, one of the people out there, they get drunk all the time. Like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Right. Hyde. So this person must leave because he is not adhering to the one first rule. No drinking, no drunks, no, you can have a beer with no problem. Mm -hmm. I love a cold beer on a day, have a glass of wine with dinner. No problem. Get drunk and act like an asshole. You're out of here. No, <laughs> and there are no second chances for something like that because they broke the first rule. No alcoholic drunk idiots. Uh, that has to be or I would not live in that community. So I guess the fifth question is supposed to be about Earth's resources. I guess, you know, some answers I'm expecting are something like, well, recycle or conserve water or you know well they're kind of givens yes you know if, if you if you want to be in a community there are some givens right and that includes compost toilets recycling uh, composting using natural resources the more you get in the community the less you have to go out to get it which improves your livability because you don't want to go out there anyhow <laughs> right right yeah so, so keep it local no that's broad yeah that's broad that's way too broad what, what, what would be a good rule what would be a good new insight or even old insight that would that you would tell communities or people in cities that uh, is a good way to save the earth you know save Earth's resources that we all could do yeah that we all that could we do all could do now whether you're living in the city or whether you're living in a thing you have to start somewhere yeah what's something you can do Almost nobody I know back then, eight years ago, recycled. That's that's a given. That was terrible. That was just stupid. <laughs> oh, uh, if they could find a simple way of, do you know how much food we can pull out of a one dumpster, a dumpster in the back of a grocery store <laughs> do we have we can take out enough to feed us for I'd say a week and that's not a word of a lot no, all right cut it in half four days without buying anything just from the stuff they throw out in a grocery store because the expiry date is <laughs> who gives a shit <laughs> the banana looks beautiful oh. and they throw it in the garbage they have to find a way to get this food to the freaking people that are starving to death. There's people in the city that haven't got food and... And all that food waste. And they won't let us take it. No, the government says you can't. You must throw it in the garbage. You might make somebody sick and they could sue you. Now, isn't that a crock of shit? We used to go up to the IJ store once a week for years. Every Monday, drive up there. Guy, they bring all the food out. There's about 15, 20 of us there. Go through. Everybody takes some food. And we come back. I feed some to the chickens. We eat a lot of it. We dehydrate tons of it. Yeah. And one day we go up. Uh, uh, so I go in, talk to the manager. I said, what's the scoop? Where's the... Uh, sorry. Can't do it no more. I say, say what? 
He says, no, the government stopped it all. So, thank your government for that one. I'll be damned. Isn't that disgusting? Isn't that just absolutely revolting? There's got to be a better solution than just like that nobody, clamp down. Nobody knows this. Yeah. Did I know this? Does my brother know this? Does No, no, no. So much no. food waste. Because uh, nobody's ever told anybody. Can you imagine just, all right, the saving of resources because the people that the super lines have to feed wouldn't have to. They got their own food. Beautiful loaf of bread. Oh, I used to get cherry pies. Oh, big cherry pies. Oh, wow. Nothing on it. Nothing wrong with it. No more, no nothing, no crap. Expiry <laughs> date. Don't eat this beyond that day. You may die. Yeah. They do that, so they have to throw out to buy more, <laughs> to put more plastic around it, to put more stamps on it, to put more things on it, to put more people to throw it in the garbage, so the dumpster gets it. <laughs> right. I, I, I got to calm down here for a minute. Uh, a lot of people knew about it. They don't know the part about they don't do it no more. Right. And this only happened how many years? It's only been uh, three years ago. And we used to go to Tucson every Sunday and fill up a four by eight Ram Ford truck with a tarp over it full of food. <clears throat> All edible. I remember in, in a community I lived at, it was urban, uh, we would dumpster dive and get tons of, uh, of smoothies. Ah, good fresh, stuff. Fresh smoothies. I mean, so many things that weren't bad yet and it was incredible, the amount of food waste that there is in this country. And so now when Breeze and uh, Wondered go to town they and coming home, they stop off at the back of uh, uh, Caesar's Pizza mm. and uh, bring us, because they have to throw them away in the box all sealed. Yeah. They're on top. <laughs> yeah, oh, see, we'll have uh, take three. You know? Don't take them all. Don't be greedy. Come on. And take three, two maybe. I mean, oh my God. And here's this guy on the street, shaking, starving to death. Government. Oh, I was supposed to relax, sorry. <laughs> uh, damn. But that's, that's, that's one of the things that ticks me more than anything. Oh, don't waste food. That's, mm. a, that's a good answer. Mm. Yeah, right. Mm. Oh, that tastes good. When you quit smoking and you only smoke three cigarettes a day, man, do you enjoy them. If you smoke two packs a day, you're not enjoying them. You're just smoking them. <laughs> you're not doing nothing with them. Half the time they hang out your lip until they burn to your... Oh, I've been there, done that. Mm. Well, thank you, uh, Mark. What, what project or projects um, excite you the most? The main structures should be built first, obviously. You know, toilets and all that. And when that's all done, and you're doing something to improve the community, the land, without destroying it, and try never to cut trees down, poof, they're alive. You have to sometimes, I'm not saying you can't, but what projects, what projects? I have a project in mind that I'm gonna start when I come back from my holiday. Excellent. I've been wanting to do it for, I, I looked at the thing, I've been saving it right there. It looks at me every day in my email. Same thing right there. 
and it's uh, 2016 and I'm gonna build it it's a very large shape I would say a, uh, five foot by f no smaller four foot by four foot by four foot square solid polyethylene highly non-toxic whatever because they ship milk in it and they ship oh yeah right right right, right. and they also use it for shipping chemicals because it's so strong okay that if it falls off the trunk it won't break and spill and what you do is i may have got i have to watch the video again you put a one hole in the top and you put a garburetor on top of that and you have a valve at the bottom on off uh, you have a uh, separate tube coming out into a, another plastic container where all the methane gas goes into so you can run a stove or a, you know a small camp stove mm. and uh, so you take all the kitchen scraps you can take anything that's uh, alive any plants anything anything it's the hard part you got to feed it all into the garburetor obviously it turns into nice shredded little pieces and it just starts composting and doesn't stop and it just produces methane gas and then you just want fertilizer over to your garden pour it all on and that's it Ta -da. no more compost piles yeah in the kitchen that's a pain in the composting is a pain I don't like composting oh. I mean I like I like doing uh, you like having the compost right but I don't like doing it because for the fact I don't I don't spend the time to do it properly it has it should be done properly so they say I don't yeah. believe it I do it my way it works fine for me everybody wants to do it different in the kitchen it's always you know uh, in out in out in out in out this way you can just every day just take the bucket out pour it into the carburetor gone Oh, you had a whole bunch of leaves and stuff. No problem. So what that does is it kind of um, it kind of chews up the compost. Right, right, right. And makes the smaller, smaller. The, the smaller the stuff you're supposed to compost, the faster it goes. The only thing you don't get no worms. Right? Oh, yeah. no worms, no worms. Obviously, no worms. Yeah. But you get instant, constant um, um, fertilizer. Wow, that's great. And you just walk around and pour it on, and it just produces and produces. You want to stop it? Don't put anything in it. You got more? Get more leaves. All these leaves instead of composting. I'm taking forever to compost. Oh, a lot of work composting. Yeah. But it's a great thing. But this, boom, garden, all that stuff, boom. Feed it into the carburetor. <laughs> Everybody takes turns. Uh, you got seven people, or say you got seven people living in a community. Um, you're one hour, two hour, you're three hour, you're four or five. I've changed back, doesn't matter. Somebody's got it for one hour. And you, because that's going to be a little time consuming, stuffing stuff into a garburetor. They're not that big. Oh, maybe you can buy an industrial one. Ah, good I talk, think I saw talk. one recently that they had. Uh, yeah, 3D, the better. They 3D printed some 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 mastication things, you know, like I don't know what to call them, but it's like a. It, they 3D printed some gears. Um, that just chew up the compost and so same thing same concept yeah oh all right i must don't forget i haven't investigated this since 16. oh right so i'm way behind i have to start all over but everything the concept is marvelous excellent well here's the last yeah, question that's um, a good one 
maybe I don't know. Maybe you could rephrase that. I don't want to ask you to rephrase it. How do I say this? You can ask me. Okay. Because yeah, every time you ask me, I think about it and I'll say I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Done it already. So here's here's the question. Mm -hmm. It's I, I I feel like it's pretty simple, but it's actually I won't know until very I complex. It. How can we create? How can we create more human happiness together? How can we create more human happiness together? Oh, that's that. Could, oh, oh, there's too many things jumping in there. Oh my God. Um. There's, uh, you know, the. the well, you the, seem like a really happy guy. I mean, I'm the happiest every day guy you say, I've ever met in my life. Yes, you're the happiest guy you've ever met, and you're just full of joy. You have great energy. <laughs> I'm loaded with it. And maybe, maybe. Maybe you could just tell people how how they could be more like you. Hmm. How could I tell people to be more like me? Human happiness. What made me happy? The happiest. The happiest. When I finally found out. No, not that one. That was inevitable. 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 When did I finally become? Well, the happiest thing that makes me in my life is helping other people. But that's a given. That's a given. That's what makes me the happiest. That's I, that's always been like that. That's why. That's a, that's a great start. Um, so helping others. Hell, helping make others. Make you yeah, happy. Yeah. I've always done that, and always it's just it's a natural thing. And yeah, I, I feel that too. I really strongly feel that it's so. It's like the most fulfilling. Think thing of others instead useful. of yourself. Think of others instead of yourself. That's yes. a good one. Think of others instead of yourself. Try to make others happy instead of yourself. And somehow that comes back to you and makes you happy. Oh yeah, because I've, not I've noticed over the years, <laughs> the happier you are, me, the happier everybody around me is. You can see it. Oh, you're such a nice guy. I look, uh, you know, it's it breeds it. It it just out. Oh, at the retreat, they all sang to me. Ah, that was so nice. <laughs> a, a month ago, I couldn't have done it. I would have freaked. I would have walked. Oh, I stood there. I looked at them all in the eyes. And they said, oh, Mark, let's hear it for him. And that, that's all I want out of life. <laughs> uh, yeah, cheering people up, making people happy. That's it. It's, it's uh, hard to answer that question, but it sounds like, in a way, how do, you know, the answer is almost like, just do it. Just create more oh, human happiness. Said it. I have been saying this. I've written down it. <laughs> every journal's got it. And you can only do it once. When I want to do something, I sit there and say, I did it. Uh, and don't say I started smoking. That's another reason. On uh, two days after Christmas, I sat there coughing and coughing. Uh, New Year's coughing and coughing. <clears throat> I said, man, this is bullshit. I am <laughs> I'm smoking a cigarette right now. And I said, this is bullshit. I gotta knock this off. Oh, simplicity. No more store. Hmm. Don't have to buy tobacco. Don't have to roll them. Hmm. <laughs> Why not? So I just sit there and I go, just do it. And as soon as the words come out of my mouth, I'm committed. I have to do it or I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm a liar. I'm a liar. You can't take a word I say. Everything I say is bullshit because I said I was gonna quit smoking and I didn't. And if I say, just do it. And so then what happened was you uh, 
you you've got to it where now you can say okay I can do three cigarettes if I want and but no, it's, no, no, it's that, no that, that wasn't the actual reason. Oh. I'm still going to quit as soon as I find out, after I get past this, the reality I'm heading for, Tucson and all that. Ah, so. But the reason I started smoking is I knew when I left, now I've, been, I've been stoned for a year. I said, what am I going to be like when I quit? Oh, this is going to be nasty. I got to start quitting now to warm up to when I leave, hmm, because uh, I've been substituting it for cigarettes, ah, ooh, and I'll be thinking, and now I'll be thinking about it all the time, not the hell with it, I'm going to start again, but I'll just have, mm, what's a good count, three cigarettes, one was no good, oh, nope, so three, all right, three cigarettes, never four, uh -huh. do four, you're a liar, now I sit up, just do it, and that's what I did. Excellent. All right. Well, good luck on that. That sounds like a great project. Yeah. Another and I project. don't know if I'm going to quit or not. That's uh, in the future. But knowing that you've committed to it is is uh, it's powerful. It's a, it's a given. As soon as I say, I'll just do it. Like that one drag last night when I got back, I was going to watch uh, Odd Thomas. A movie, uh, I read the book, Dean Koontz. Oh, watch the movie. And I was going to have a, a joint, which I always do, or one drag. I said, no. Why? I've already committed myself. One a day, one a day, one drag a day. And I didn't. Very proud of myself for that. Nice work. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's the seven questions. Now, the only other thing left is... Wow. I have um, this kind of other thing that I've been asking people, which is if you'd like to share a personal story of survival or maybe um, something about the art of living. You mean within a community concept or just in my entire life, per se? That's a very good question. Um, I think... I'd have to concentrate on either community because my other life was something totally different. So. Well, do you want to tell your story about um, Vegas? You mean the suicide part? Yeah. Now, I'm not ashamed of it. It was part of my evolution to get here to where I am in this perfect, beautiful, lovely reality. Without death, there's no life. Without life, there's no death. Gotta have both. Anyhow, yeah, I could do that. All right. Oh, I'm doing it, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you. Thank God you can uh, edit. I, you know, so far, it doesn't even sound like it needs editing. You're such a um, uh, Cause very charismatic it, speaker. This is who I am. And anytime you talk to me, this, you're, this is who I am. So, how... Oh... How did I get to Winspear? How did you find Winspear, Mark Stewart? Well, I'll tell you how I found Winspear. I was at home, Calgary, Alberta, uh, 2009. My life sucked. Oh, man, I wasn't doing nothing. It was sucked. So I said, well, I've tried to kill myself twice before, failed. How can I do it this time and not fail? Hmm. I can't just, oh, that's no fun, no fun. Hang that, no fun. Nah, I couldn't think of a good way to make sure I, you know, with a little excitement in it. So, the next day, I got a, 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 a credit card in the mail. $7,500. Holy shit. Vegas. Texas Hold'em. I'm in Vegas. I'm having a riot. <laughs> uh, I said, well, since I'm here and I want to kill myself, I've always left Thelma and Louise. Man, going over that breach. Oh, I love that. 
That's what I was going to do. So I gambled. Lasted about five months. Pretty much lost everything. But I had $1,000 left. $1,500, whatever. To uh, rent the car to... So that night, I'm uh, in bed. Ta -da, ta -da. Now I'm so I'll get a camera. Mm. Yeah, I'll put it on the front. Little parachute, throw it on. Ah, worked great. And I had a dream. Living in a community. So vivid, so vivid, so vivid. So what I got up in the see? morning, went in the internet, went in the internet. Was it like a vivid uh, voice? Was it a vivid no. vision? No, no voice, no voice, vision. Just, uh, just, uh, but the words community, to live in the community. I've always wanted to. I couldn't do it, agoraphobia, <laughs> live in the community, <laughs> not likely. So uh, I just went on the internet and started going down, read this, read that, nothing, nothing, nothing. I went all the way down to the bottom. The last one was Wind Spirit. Obviously, they're at the bottom. I wasn't going to, and then a little chill. Ah, clicked on it, goosebumps all over me. I had agoraphobia with, when I got here, it took me six months to sit in the kitchen and eat with people. And here I am, doing a pod, Cast. a podcast well, with a friend I just met named Max. <laughs> oh, life's good. <laughs> Life is so good. <sighs> well, it's an honor speaking with you, sir. An honor. Uh, I, am, I am just so happy. <laughs> and I got root beer. I, I mean, life is just so good. Thanks for the root beer, too. Oh, you're quite welcome. Quite welcome. Yeah, helping people. I, I found out the first time, let's see, I was probably 14, 13. I was still in grade school. And this girl moved there, and their family had nothing. It was poverty. I think they lived in a tent. I have no idea back then, but I, all I know, she had the same clothes, the hair drawn. People just picked on that poor girl like shit. So I befriended her. I mean, I'm a little guy, uh, four foot ten, ninety pounds, thick rimmed glasses, and uh, everybody picked on me. So eh, I know how she feels, and so I befriended her. So I talked to do, and then my, got my mom to. And that could be made up. I don't know. Yeah, I could, yeah. Because I drank so much back then, I think some of the stories I have are things I wish I could have done and should have done, but didn't because I was drunk. Oh, or right. did I really do them? I'm not going to say I did because I don't want to be a liar. Sure, that makes sense. And uh, and I befriended her, and I'd get my mom clothes and take her food and stuff like that. That was my first experience. And then I didn't have another one until real experience. I mean, I try, always tried to do my best to be friendly and happy and with people, but I never went out of my way to really get it, except for that one girl. The rest were just, that's my natural instinct to be nice to people. And uh, so when I gave up everything and I was 50-something years old when I stopped working and I'm living in this old neighborhood and and living with a friend of mine and I'm riding around on a bicycle and I got a computer in my back and I'm fixing computers <laughs> and I helped this couple that were 70 something and 70 something and they she wanted to go on the internet and I went to check the computer and it was so over this thing wouldn't even didn't even know what the internet was <laughs> so I said no I'm sorry ma'am no. she said oh that's a shame I used to be a 
Um, I used to be a, a research assistant in a library, and I thought, at least you start hearing about all the internet and all the stuff, I guess. I have no idea. I'll forget that part. And I just thought I could get on. I said, nah, I'm sorry. She said, no, no, thanks for trying. How much do I owe you? I said, oh, nothing, nothing. So I go home, and I got leftover shit all over the place. So I built her a computer. Nice. And I took it to her. And she says, oh, so nice. It took me a year to teach her how to actually surf the internet and collect data and save it. Now that's a, a commitment year. to a nice Steve. And you know what I got paid? Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would cook and she would always make extra for me and my friend. And her hubby would drop it off at home and we'd have dinner. And my son, my son would say, you, you, you fucking asshole. You could make a hundred bucks an hour and you just did all that for a dinner. And I said, yeah, and I've never been happier. <laughs> and I haven't talked to him since. I've been here eight years, haven't talked to my son or my daughter. Well, it sounds like... Uh, I like my world much better. <laughs> <laughs> How can you tell? <laughs> wow. How can you tell? Yeah, so boy, that's a long answer, eh? I had a tendency to lie, and I don't wish to lie anymore. And the story I used to tell, which is a lie, is I had her hooked up to her granddaughter across the country, and they talked, and I cried. But I dreamt that when I went home that night and got where I am now, where I go into this other zone. Mm -hmm. But back then, there was a drinking zone. Oh, you know, yeah. I could drink. Even though I quit drinking, I could drink three beers. Man, I get wasted on three beers. Mm. <laughs> and then take a drag, uh, probably three, on then I would get wasted. I heard talking to the grand, whether she ever did or not. I was going to, but I left to kill myself, so I never did find out. And I dreamt that, so I put it into my thing, because who's going to argue? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. it's a lie, so no, I'm not going to say that. I understand, yeah. yeah. It sounds like... Uh, I'm starting with a clean slate because I'm starting from ground zero, right? The new me, my new reality, and I don't want any lies. I like uh, that attitude a lot. Yeah. But you have to commit to it. You have to commit. When you, want it, when you say to yourself, I am going to change, I am going to create myself a new reality, there's only very simple steps. How do I know? I'm doing it right now. You have to do one thing first. Whatever it is. No, I know what it is. You have to do one thing first. You must always, always tell the truth. Never lie. Never. Not one lie. You make one lie. I will never. You will never be as high on my list as you were before you lied. Yeah. You're going to drop a notch. Just from that one. Oh, it's only a little lie. I tell white lies all the time. I get it. I'm so not talking white lies. I'm talking something like... Uh, I meet you. Uh, oh, I have met you. <laughs> yeah. All right, say if I asked you a question right now. Say, uh, uh, we just met. Uh, you want to live here? Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, you know, uh, are you, uh, do you know carpentry or uh, this or that? And, you know, and you'll tell me what you do. do, do, do. Oh, yeah, hard worker, hard worker. Um, do a lot, do a lot. I usually get up early. I'm, uh, I'm an early bird. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And uh, three days later, um, you, you get up around 9, 9.30, not exactly the most ambitious thing I've ever seen, and stuff like that, then boom, you're off my list completely. Yeah. You lied. Yeah, you lied. You must have truth you to have a successful existence to yourself. I'm not talking community here. I'm talking to yourself. You, 
you have to make you number one mm. so everybody respects everything you say you do you, they know when they ask you a question you'll get nothing but the truth because why you started your new reality never ever lie and as soon as you lie once the rest of it's meaningless to me I agree so, so if you much. do that you go to the next step one thing I'm explaining the four things that I live by oh yeah okay right? yeah the truth is number one without it you have got nothing yeah so then in my world the next thing is logic pure unadulterated logic meaning if you're in a community beautiful community and uh, I tell you that oh well we must cut all these dead limbs and all the debris and we're in the desert here all the debris and got to cut down the grasses and that because if a fire starts here we're going to lose wind spirit period right that makes sense doesn't it mm -hmm. if I told that to you and you said and and uh, um, you see me cutting down a tree that's half dead, close to almost dead, um, and uh, there's all, and you remove it and some grass and stuff. Oh no, you're killing the earth! Oh, you make turning wind spirit into a. That's not logical. Logic is we one fire we're gone. You know what the answer? I asked. I said, what if we have a fire? Well, you haven't had one yet. Oh, I love that answer. You haven't had one yet? <laughs> we'll wait to have one. Then we'll talk about it. <laughs> That's not logical. So that person has just dropped another notch in the whole binding of a community because that doesn't make sense. You know, there's no logic there. Got it. Truth, right. logic. What's next? Reality. Everybody, well, so many people I meet come here talk about creating a reality and uh, all you have to do is think about reality and it becomes manifests and uh, that's magical thinking or positive magical attraction. thinking basically that's what it sounds like because they're not actually giving you a an answer how to do it. if there's no how to do it then it's not very practical because you don't know how to do it nah, whatever but they're always saying you must you must live in the now None of them do. Nobody lives in the now because their minds are always thinking of the past, the past that brought them up. Like people will come and say, oh, uh, I was abused. Who is this shit? This is the past. Don't worry about it. This is the now. Look at it. Look up. Look at the stars in the sky. This now. That's the now you're looking for. Who gives a crap what happened back then? The past is immaterial, gone, non-existent. Don't even think about it. It's history. Empty your mind. You need room for peace, quiet. You need room to bring other people like yourself. They must be like yourself into you. you sounds like get rid of that stuff. It, sound, it sounds like reality is a bit like uh, rec going inward and ejecting uh, the bullshit you tell yourself. Right. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's why they say calm the mind, calm the mind. Now I know what they mean by calm the mind, you must empty it. The past is, the past is merely the evolution of your life to get to this now. 
This is the now you must concentrate on. That's when you want to live in. I love this place. Love this place. I tried to explain this to Lynn for five years. Who's Lynn? Uh, I came in here in 2009, December the 9th. She came here in 2010, December the 9th. She lived here five years and we were as pretty tight as friends. And overly too, too spiritual for me. And she was always talk about the now and the, and the calming of the mind and the meditation. She always meditated, meditated, meditated all over the place. Always meditating. Don't drive the ATV, I'm meditating. Anyhow, and I kept trying to explain to her exactly what I'm trying to explain to you. Except the now, if you're content and happy and loving with it, you don't have to ask some deity if it's right or wrong. Or, you know, you're asking a piece of string and a little thing in the bottom to guide your life. What the hell is the matter with you, Lynn? This is ridiculous. Just live in the now. Do what I do. Become me. I'm happy. She said, happiest guy ever, man. I said, yeah. How did I get there? By accepting the now that you have right now and you don't want anything else. Everything is perfect. Hmm. And then you have no problem. You don't have to think about this and you don't have to think about that. You don't have to ask somebody if it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. You don't have to look at an astrological sign and say, hmm, I can't do that. There was a guy here saying, oh, I can't help you work today, man. Oh, not if Taurus is in line with the, oh, you piece of, oh, excuse me. So, but meditating has its place, right? Oh, no, I love meditating. Are you kidding? You asked me that question? <laughs> Did I not meditate with you today? Yes, we did. When I came here, I meditated for the first uh, three, three years. I was so happy. I could sit in the back here. Once I did it, when I came out, it two and a half hours. Not exaggerating the truth. Big fish, little fish. Two hours, no, hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah, but I thought that was amazing. Didn't move. Not a, not a swallow. Not a, oh, it was amazing. Never could do that again. I wish I could barely get up. <laughs> and then too much um, unpleasant things happened around here that took my harmony away. It won. It beat me down because I live by one thing. Don't let anything or anybody upset your now and you'll always be happier than a pig. Nothing, no matter what happens. Doesn't matter what happens. ATV blows up. So be it. Nothing I can do about it. I'm not <laughs> gonna wreck my harmony, man. Sounds a little. Oh, not a jar of sugar on the floor. It's all over the place. No problem. Oh, clean it up. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a reality. The reality has to be cleaned out. Why go, you fucking jar? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you stupid jar. <laughs> God, you know, and get all upset. Ooh, you just lost. <laughs> and uh, I did for three years, and then it, the place beat me down. It beat me down to get me to this now, and I'm glad it did. But I lost because something upset my harmony. And until one month ago, I finally I got it back 100%. Nothing, nothing is going to upset my harmony and my my perfect reality, my now. Nothing. Doesn't matter what it is. <sighs> yeah. What's number four? Uh, oh, oh, simplicity. Simplicity. Oh, that's, 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 I love that one. Oh, I love simplicity. 
Just think of the things when you look. Simplicity. Ooh, what's a good answer? Simplicity. Pick something that just happened. Simplicity. What happened today, actually? I said, I got to remember that when I have that podcast with Max. Because that's a good one. Simplicity. I'm going to have to leave you for a minute. (laughs) That sounds funny, doesn't it? Go where you got to go. You know, I was thinking about that thing where you... You don't exactly chastise yourself, but you keep yourself on task when you say, Oh no, that was a bit of a lie, that story. But, you know, all that stuff, it's still useful. It's just that um, the only thing you'd have to add to turn it into a truth is is just reverse the way you did it. Just oh. say, but you just say, and you know what? I had the sense that maybe if I was lucky, she started contacting you know her grand her granddaughter and blah blah blah. You know, I like done. It. I incorporate it without a lie. It's truth if it's feeling. If it's if you just clarify that it's a feeling. Yeah. Instead of effect. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Because I like that story, and that's the only. There was only two, wasn't there? Yeah, I think there was only two. But I spent years with all the people around there. Most of them paid me, you know, 20, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. I wouldn't go in and ask them how, they'd ask me how much. I said, whatever you think it's worth, no problem. Whatever you got. And if they look like they got money, you know, two cars in the driveway, they got a thing down there. And I'm going in and I'm, you know, checking the place out. uh, 20 bucks an hour. Yeah, no problem. You know, they'll pay that. Hmm. They got money. <laughs> but people that have nothing, you can tell. It don't take long. It makes sense. They'd say, uh, how much an hour? And I'd say, uh, well, if I can't fix it, nothing. <laughs> and it solved the problem. Yeah, yeah. Because they like that. Oh, hey, no problem. At least I'm going to get it working. Oh, and then, no, that's all it took. Yeah. In other words, he's got to be honest, you know, so it's not going to be... 30 bucks a day. Like, these guys charge these poor old people 30 bucks an hour, for God's sake, and not do nothing. They don't know. Ah, poor things. Yeah, I feel bad about those people that are, you know, it's the end of their life, and they don't have the capacity to make the choice, and so they're charged $13,000 a month for minimal, minimal care. Isn't that sad? Just to cash in on their savings. And the money they have to spend on drugs when there's all these beautiful free drugs like colloidal silver and cannabis and CBDs out there for them. Oh, man. That's it. We never got to that. Oh, we never got to that, did we? That's a whole new kettle of fish. <laughs> How do we create more human happiness? That would be an answer. Whoa. Right there. Yeah, yeah. So, do you want me to answer it? Yes. Oh, okay. I can have a cigarette first. I'm so happy. That's a good one. Remind me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right, so I'm mistaken about the three, too. I knew this was going to happen. Remember last night? I wanted another smoke because it's that 45-minute zone. But now uh, it's going a little longer, isn't it? Oh, shoot. Yeah, I like it. Oh, not the smoking part. I'm not worried about that. Oh, yeah. This is so new to me. It's I'm so excited. I'm so... See, back in... Ah, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> Where the hell is the end of that thing? Hmm. Maybe I don't even have one here. I use filters because I can't go. I hate doing that. It drives me crazy. So for four years I didn't. Then I seen these little tobacco things or for getting rid of nicotine and they fit perfect on the end of my cigarettes and I don't got to spit no more. But it took me three years. Oh, can you shine the light over here a little bit for me for a minute? 
down here. Thank you. I find it really hard to do in the dark. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh God, I'm so happy. Yeah, that's how I want, oh, how would you, oh. Mr. Stewart, how would you change the world? I can tell you, I could change the world by using two natural substances that God put on this earth for us to use. Cannabis to cure so many things and colloidal silver to cure so many things. Ah, I could change the world. Ooh, that'd be cool. Change the world. Colloidal silver and cannabis. Why, why those two? Ah, colloidal silver is a natural antibiotic viral destroyer disinfectant whatever you want it is the best on earth it's almost free and nobody knows about it because the pharmaceutical cartel who produces all those nice beautiful drugs for your children to take and make them sick and kill people and suicide we can get rid of all that because colloidal silver is natural and the pharmaceutical companies can't patent it. It's free, basically free. How do you I, make it? You make it with, it costs you next to nothing. You make your own little generator. Now, I'm not gonna say how, all right, I'll give you the general thing and I'm gonna make ones that I think are really, 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 really good and cheap. You just use two, silver rods 99.9% pure silver you run anywhere from 12 to 30 volts uh, through the rods into pure unadult pure distilled water meaning there's absolutely no impurities in it you use a TDS monitor which measures the total dissolved particles in solution and it has to be zero 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 uh, or it won't work right and you have the top sealed with the two rods going into it turn it on uh, this is how we make it in a community because we are not gonna spend money to buy something we can make this is not perfect but I've been using it for eight years and I'm as healthy as a horse believe me I got stories of a colloidal silver come out of your ears and they're all true and then it's, and it's free so you wouldn't need to buy Oh, you can cure so many 650 pathogens it kills for crying out loud. How long do you run the generator? Uh, it usually takes anywhere. The one that we use, it takes uh, four to five hours. Uh, it's three to four hours, I would say. And uh, it comes out, run it through a filter. I drink two ounces every morning. You hold it in your mouth for seven minutes every morning and you will never, ever, ever, ever have to go to a dentist.
That was Prelude to the Afternoon of a Sexually Aroused Gas Mask and Toads of the Short Forest from Weasels Ripped My Flesh by the Mothers of Invention. Let's reflect on the title of this unique orchestration. It is meant to be odd and incongruous and make fun of convention, but also Frank Zappa, the leader of the Mothers of Invention and certainly a sort of mother of invention himself, is known to have had a thing for novel ideas in general. Among them, flaunting crudeness and calling it a form of animal beauty. And he was not a one-trick pony. His music ordinarily ranged from moving raw instrumentation to poking fun at life and love and music itself and celebrating human foibles all the way through earnest pleas for humans to remember humanity. I do believe his humor belongs in music, too. Humor is powerful as a means of transforming ourselves and our culture. His sexualization of inanimate objects through his music was just another way that he asked us, especially Americans, to loosen up and not be afraid of the gross and the disarming. By allowing too much fear of our own biology, we make ourselves less equipped to face all threats where a real, simple, truthful, natural solution based on reality might just solve a problem. I didn't choose to play Miss Pinky, Penguin in Bondage, Cyborg, or another of his songs actually about getting off on miscellaneous non-human stuff, because while listening to it does make me celebrate Zappa's ability to notice and reflect on cultural shame about real sexuality, it does not really give me the same level of lofty feelings that some of his differently political music does. And since his lyrics are largely opinionated or meant to stoke opinions and conversation, as good pop art may do, I felt it was appropriate to play through some of his unique blends of instrumentation this time. Abstraction can be political in a culture of aggressive order. Just the musicality of Prelude to the Afternoon of a Sexually Aroused Gas Mask gives hints of his subject matter. There's a strange merging of the organic and the artificial. There's a tension between joy, humor, and worry. A tension between the human and what we qualify as dehumanizing. We have sounds similar to snorts, groans, laughter, grunts, and shouts used as instruments alongside elaborate drum, electric guitar, horns, and a variety of other implements. It leads directly into the next song on the album, Toads of the Short Forest, in which we hear almost a parody of this tension in a quaint television theme song slowly devolving into a medieval future that concludes in something like free jazz. Zappa albums make me feel as though I'm on a journey with an idiot savant holding up rubber trash and declaring it perfection, then arching a thick black eyebrow, superciliously asking us to respond to the declaration. Not to be punny, but I may be freakish in my interest in all his music, because I tend to focus on an artist and listen for and learn from their evolution. Zappa listens back, even in recordings, and constantly shoves mirrors in our faces where American culture will still be uptight and clumsy in its response to self-reflection. I like just about everything he's done, and the rest I can at least appreciate, even his later experiments with electronic music, which sound of early growing pains from the manual instrument to his infatuation with the automatic. In my experience, very few people seem to enjoy all of Zappa's repertoire. Some like his humorous rock and roll, some like his orchestration, 
Some prefer his introduction to music through his explorations of blues, doo-wop, rap, and other black music before rap was widely recorded and commercialized. One song that might be dangerous to play to an AI eardrum is Zappa's 1980 rap, Dumb All Over, which is a scathing critique of religious wars throughout human history in rhyme. Because if we don't do it, we ain't right up to heaven. Depending on which book you're using at the time, can't use theirs, it's all lies, gotta use mine, ain't that right? That's what they say every night, every day. Listen, we can't really be dumb if we're just following God's orders. After all, he wrote this book Zappa was not afraid to discern and create a hierarchy that served human experience. He said, music was above love and sex, both of which he placed above romance. I can understand that. Music is something that people create which I think might uplift our spirit if we can listen in ways particular to each genre. His genre sprawling music, and all genre sprawling music for that matter, uh, tends to give me the sense of that message. Perhaps music even has the power to carry us through a period of great darkness, or imbue our AI robot overlords with a compassionate or redemptive soul, or at least a one capable of pity. Maybe Frank Zappa's early explorations into having sex with artificially intelligent robot organisms will be the sexual catharsis for peace between humans and robots, and therefore the robots will choose not to kill us. In that case, working our groin muscles on whatever we have available might become the fulcrum that saves us all. We're not beat yet, so let's keep arching our eyebrows and asking each other what we think while we still can. Next time, we'll talk with Fred for a second time. Thank you for listening.